0: Reinert, former host of Art Supply Posse. As the founder of the podcast, I have remained a champion for what it has continued to do. My website, The Well-Appointed Desk, is an online resource for all the analog tools you love and is sponsoring Art Supply Posse. The Well-Appointed Desk has recently celebrated its 10-year anniversary with top 10 lists featuring our best recommendations in paper, pens, and pencils. Every week, the Well-Appointed Desk publishes new reviews of all your favorite analog tools and everyone's favorite link love on Wednesdays. Don't forget to check out our shop where you can get all of your favorite coloring, ink testing books, and quirky stationery products, including the Art Supply Posse Sherlock Holmes Pocket Notebook while supplies last. Visit wellappointeddesk.com today. Thanks. Hi, Art Supply Posse. Today, I'm pleased to bring you this chat with artist Hannah Charlton. Hannah creates beautiful portraits that capture her subjects likeness perfectly and I just know you're going to enjoy her art as much as I do. Hi Hannah, welcome to The Posse. Thank you for having me. I'm going to start with a question that is sometimes it's the most important question and sometimes it's not, it just depends I think but uh, that is tell us who is Hannah Charlton? Um, so I'm 26 years old
1: and i I live in East Yorkshire, in England. Um, I have been working as a scenic artist for the past couple of years, but I also do my own work alongside that. Mm-hmm. So my work is mainly uh, pastel portraits, and I take a lot of commissions for pet portraits. Um, more recently, getting more into um, sort of wildlife drawings and print making prints of those. Um, so, yeah, I'm just sort of seeing how
0: things go, but I'm really enjoying it. That's the most important thing, I think, is the enjoyment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now I want to sort of start off by talking just as, a little bit about your fine art degree. So what's what's it like, like what's that process like? Because you're 26, so, I, you know, you're relatively new... In terms of the, it's still fresh in your mind. I'm guessing that fine art degree and, and everything you did. What what was it like? What drew you to that in the first place? And then you know, why did you decide you wanted to become an artist?
1: Um, I think really, I just really enjoyed um, studying art at school. And then when it came to sort of leaving school, I was a bit worried about what I was going to do. I wasn't sure what exactly i wanted to do i just wanted to sort of carry on painting really so i um i did a foundation degree in art and design and there mm. i sort of studied illustration fine art um photography and things like that and it was really i just enjoy painting so i decided to continue um studying fine art for my degree and um, Yeah, I was carrying on painting throughout that. And then I sort of started learning more about printmaking. And then it was sort of after I finished university that I started, well, I returned to Pastel. Um, I had at school gone to to see an an artist who worked in Pastel and um, I had a, a lesson with him and that's what sort of introduced me to Pastel. Mm -hmm. And then I sort of stopped stopped that at university um, because it didn't really fit in with the sort of fine art. I'm not sure really, the fine art um, at university, it was much more sort of conceptual. And in a way, I think my work can sometimes be a bit more illustrative. Mm -hmm. So um, university was a bit difficult at first, sort of making that, That changed, but I just enjoyed painting really. And then yeah, after after university I've returned to pastel. I still do painting and I enjoy doing printmaking. But um yeah, I'm glad I went to university. I think it um opened my mind a bit more to the ideas behind the work and why we make the work that we do. So
0: it definitely helped me in that sense. So I I sometimes find it Like it's hard sometimes to quantify what fine art is, particularly for listeners that maybe not or maybe don't have, I'm trying to think of the right way of wording it without sounding, like, you know, they don't necessarily have kind of any background at all to do with the educational side of art. They've just come to it from a love of, you know, drawing or something. How would you describe fine art to somebody?
1: Um, I think after studying at at university, I think maybe when I started, I didn't necessarily know what it was myself. Um, But I'd say um, there was definitely a focus on the idea of being a practising artist and, you know, um, showing your work. And it was very much about discussion and um, evoking uh reactions and sort of interpretations of your work which i think oh uh, yeah a lot of people um well i don't know a lot of people that s- sort of do the same sort of wildlife artwork that i do now i think they don't necessarily like you said i don't think they necessarily have that same idea mm-hmm. um but yeah fine artists i think it's quite broad in its meaning really um but yeah yeah
0: yeah it's a it's a it's like so when you say like the idea of actually you know working as an artist do they do that do they quite are they talking about you know the importance of actually earning a living because you know that old that old trope of the starving artist is you know ludicrous really when it's all said and done we 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 need we need an income to survive. Like is, is do you were you shown or taught or did you learn about different ways to actually make an income as an artist? Um, to be honest, no, I think
1: um, so when I left university I returned to the pastel work because I knew that I could get commissions from drawing people's pets and I sort of struggled with making any other work really because um I didn't know how to sell anything else, so I think that yeah. element is sort of missing, at least from the course that I studied. It was more—it was more about just making work and for, and being an artist, but not necessarily the uh, reality of um, supporting
0: that financially. Yeah, that's a shame, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it's <laughs>
1: We did have um, a lot of visit- visiting artists taking lectures, um, and obviously they they do make a living making art, but it was they never really spoke about how how they did that. It was more about um, the journey of, of their work and how it's progressed, and about I- exhibiting your work, which was obviously important. But they didn't really relate that back to you know how you pay for exhibitions or how you are paid for exhibitions. So that was sort of a bit vague. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it was in a way to see a lot of artists that do make a living, but um, a lot of them obviously do other things to support themselves. So, uh, yeah, there was there was times where it was helpful and then there was, there was bits that I, would, I, I felt like they could have um, maybe shared a bit more about mm-hmm. the business side of art.
0: Yeah, I think I think really I mean, it, it surprises me because you're not the only person that I've heard that from and it surprises me that in this day and age which you know that's still something that's vague like yeah it I, seems crazy to me do you know what I mean it just seems like look kids this it should be looked at as any other learned thing whether it's a trade you know like a plumber or whether it's a doctor like, why yeah. should artists not get paid and not expect it? Do you know what I mean? Like it just, yeah. it seems crazy to me. that It's still not really that, being taught. Yeah, there was never any
1: sort of guidance on pricing work and things like that, which you would, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people would expect from a three-year course. But at the same time, I think there's this sort of um, idea that a, uh, an artist doesn't do it for the money, but then it's just the reality of life. If you're going to well, be an artist, you need to earn a living.
0: It's a, it's a reality of doing any job. Like, yeah. you know, if we didn't need money, all well and good, but unfortunately or fortunately or however we, we do, we can't. We have with food, bills, growth, like all those things. It's just. Exactly, Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. We've gotten a little bit off track, but I just, it does surprise me. It just surprises me that still it's just such a vague notion of, you know, the artist.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know if it's different for, you know, other um, universities, but that was my experience anyway. Yeah.
0: No, I, I've had it before, so you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's wrap the knuckles of all of the uh, people in charge of the unis and. <laughs> to while well, we are on the subject of of your actual degree, though, do you think, like, did you get things artistically from that that perhaps you might not have gotten if you hadn't have done it at, at the degree? If you just, you know, if you left school and then you know gone straight into let's say just having commissioned works do you think like do you think you've gained things that perhaps you would not have got otherwise or perhaps might have taken you 10 years worth of experience possibly or something like that to gain does that make sense
1: yeah um i think definitely um i was quite shy um at school um, but i think having at university we, we did um a group critiques like weekly um so the idea of like criticizing your own work and you know analyzing other people's work and having those discussions was really helpful um and it it did build my confidence a lot in in making work and in talking about work and you know just generally um having those discussions um mm-hmm. so that was really helpful and exhibiting work we did um I did I um joined quite a few group exhibitions and then obviously at the end of the degree we have a degree show so it was those sort of um it did put you in touch with other people in the sort of industry um and it made me more aware of uh what it means to exhibit work and what sort of process it involves I think Mm -hmm. if I had just gone straight from school I wouldn't have had any idea um but also like um I did a lot of printmaking at university which I I wouldn't have had the resources to do mm-hmm. otherwise. Um and I do I still I do printmaking in as more of a ho- hobby really. Um but I think it might inform my work in some ways. Um and not necessarily obviously my commissions, but I think even now, I'm, I'm open to the idea that that will feed back into my wildlife pieces somehow. Um, but also, just being a bit more open-minded and experimenting a bit more, um, I've definitely started to do that again the past few months. Having a bit more time during lockdown, mm-hmm. I've started using different materials and different and sort of combining paint and pastel and charcoal and things like that, which. I think if I'd have just left at, at school and gone straight into sort of trying to be an artist, I would have probably just stuck to um, the pet portraits and that sort of thing, like just directly drawing from images. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely my wildlife pieces um, I'm thinking more about composition and maybe sort of provoking some sort of feeling or, you know, having a bit more intention behind what I'm doing, yeah. which I think I've definitely learnt
0: from from studying. Yeah. Is it, you say the group critiques and discussions of your work, is that a scary thing? Yeah. Like you have to, to not, not judge but to say, give your opinion about someone else's piece of work because I would imagine that would be slightly terrifying especially to begin with.
1: Yeah, I think in the first year it was a bit awkward. Obviously you didn't know people and you didn't want to insult people. Um, But by the end of it, I think that is the good thing about the university sort of um, structure of the art course was that we were all in the same sort of spaces our studios were all around. So we were constantly helping each other out and it did become Just a way of helping each other. Like, we never took it personally. If you know, you said you could really improve your work by doing this or I think this. Um, Yeah, I think we all sort of understood that it was just a way of helping each other rather than uh, criticizing for the sake of it.
0: And and did you find like working around? Or other people, you know, particularly if it's a shared space, do you did you find yourself even if you were creating totally different pieces of art, were you kind of in some ways feeding off one another? Yeah, I think so, definitely. Um, I mean, yeah,
1: we were there were people making installation pieces and video pieces that were completely different to what I was doing, but um mm-hmm. actually, I think that was one of the only. People that did use paint, um, but that sort of helped me realise why I was using the material that I was using, um, and things like that. And even the photography um, students, like I feel like their work definitely helped you, or you were definitely in, inspired or influenced in a way by mm. by what other people were doing, and um, even just different. Um, ways of working I think it was it was good to see how other people do things and I think yeah. it's just it's good to be in a creative environment I mean now I'm just working on my own in my studio so it would be nice to be around other sorts even of creativity then, I think probably it's always helpful
0: yeah it's probably even harder at the minute too because with lockdown. Um are you still are you under lockdown still where you are or have you got restrictions lifted or
1: so the restrictions are lifted now for most people. Um but um I work for a theatre company, so obviously the, the theatres are still closed. So I'm I'm still at home, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. focusing on my drawing. <laughs> yep.
0: <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, it's it's um certainly unique times that's for sure. So now you we mentioned drawing like you do you I know having I researched looking at uh, you know looking at your work on on your website and uh, on Instagram and there's a lot of drawing. What is it about? What? What? Why do you love drawing? Is it? Is it just something, like? Have you always drawn? That was that. You know, I didn't ask. I didn't even think to ask it. What? What led you to art in the first place? Like, were you as a child always creative, or did you come to it later? Yeah, I think I always, I was always um,
1: creative as a child. But I, I enjoy making things like uh, paper mache and um just any sort of craft it was more crafts that I enjoyed but then mm-hmm. uh, I think it was like my first art lesson at um secondary school that I realized how much I like drawing um so it was yeah I was probably about 10 11 when I started drawing um and I, yeah I've not stopped since then really and then I think as I got a bit older and went to university, that's when I started um, painting. And now, mm. I, do, I do actually paint still. Um, but my social media—you would just think that I—I use pastel, but I, I do—I do paint as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, actually, speaking of the the social media, I I want to say it was today, but days of becoming one so i won't say it was necessarily today but i did notice on your instagram you shared some work i think is it as a zebra you're working on at the moment yeah. so I, yeah. I
1: started drawing a zebra a few weeks ago but it's been a bit of a time actually i've nearly finished it but i just feel like there's something missing so I've not shared the finished version yet because I'm not quite happy with it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is just probably a common anyway. But what, what, like, what's that process like? Because you know, I read that you you'd said that the multiple layers. Because when I, I don't know, you look at a zebra, and I guess the first thing you see is the stripes. You know, the black and the white. And I know there's more to black and white than just that, but yeah. Like, what's the process like to try and create, to to make a piece of art, particularly with the fact that we're talking about with animals, you know, we're talking about fur very often. Yeah. I imagine that's a completely different thing to try to create than, you know, a human face, for example.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've just recently um, finished a portrait in Pasto, which i don't often do a a pastel lends itself so well to fur because um because of the way you layer and sort of blend the pastel it just Mm -hmm. makes the the fur look so soft um and sort of it gives you that feeling um Mm -hmm. and i don't know how that translates to portraiture um, but i do struggle a bit more with portraiture but yeah in terms of the layering it's um, I use pastel matte paper and it's got sort of a a grain to it. So in order to build up the colour, you have to layer it gradually. If you sort of go straight in with black and trying to sort of... Um, if you press like too hard and try to do it quickly, you sort of um, just push the grain down and you get like little white dots in it. So... <laughs> It is it's a slow <laughs> process but um yeah I do I enjoy building the colour. Um and with with the stripes of the zebra, um it's really difficult to uh get the blacks black and the whites white without just doing it black and white. You need to get all the, the blues and mm-hmm. the the subtle colours in which I've I've struggled with because it's taken so long and I feel like the contrast just isn't quite there.
0: So I'm still working on it, Um so is, I'm is, still is learning. Your, is that your first, Zebra, that you, you've done?
1: It is, yeah. I've been looking forward okay, to so it. Okay, so there
0: you go. It's your first. Yeah, That's fine. Yeah. You, you will do another 10, and I'm sure each time it will get slightly better and it doesn't matter. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, it's not terrible, but it's just – No, I'm sure
0: it's, it's not, but, you know – it's also your first so it's okay if it's not the perfect 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 I mean nothing is ever ever really anyway but you know it's okay it's your first one (laughs) you're probably being way too harsh (laughs) maybe I'm sure you are we all do it that's just, just human it's humans I think so what's it like to use pastel pencils because I and I'm asking this for myself because I've never used them but I know there'll be listeners that that have not used them either so can you take us through, like, what is a pastel pencil like to work with, particularly in comparison to, say, I I can't really say a normal coloured pencil because I guess there's no such thing, but you know, what a standard colour pencil, as opposed to pastel, pastel, or well, pastels themselves. Like, you know, like what what's what's this like as a medium um, to work with?
1: I think a lot of um, artists. Pencil artists use um, sort of like polychromos and um, mm-hmm. the illuminance pencils, um, mm-hmm. which are like, a, I'd say, like a typical pencil. Um, yeah. Pastel pencils are obviously um, a lot softer um, and they just, uh, with the layer uh, they allow you to be a bit more... Um, well, they're a bit more forgiving, I'd say, um, and they're mm-hmm. also a bit quicker to use. I've tried the polychromos, um, and I thought I was patient with my um, pastels, but I think you need a lot more patience for polychromos because it takes so long to cover an area and to build the <laughs> colour, <laughs> and they're not as forgiving if you if you go wrong. Uh, with the yes. pastels, if, if, if I do something a little bit wrong, I can sort of go over it um mm-hmm. but yeah, they still require quite a lot of patience to to build the layers, as I was saying before um but I think the the pigment's a lot stronger, so that's that's the main benefit for me okay
0: and,
1: and like I said, the blending I do use a lot of um unison pastels, which are just um uh not they're not pencils, they're just like a normal pastel mm-hmm. And then, uh, so I will use those to get. You get more pigment from the actual pastels than you do the pencils. Um, yeah. So and then you can cover a bigger area with them. So it, normally I'll I'll use those for the base layer and then build it up with the pencils.
0: Okay. This might sound like a silly question, but I'm going to ask it in case anyone else is thinking it too. Can you erase? them like if you make a mistake that you actually need to erase can you erase a pastel pencil
1: um sometimes with the outline if i you know get an eye in the wrong place or something i will um rub it out but i think if you've when you start blocking in the color you can't really use Mm -hmm. a rubber, or at least i wouldn't anyway but i think most of the time you can probably cover it up with um with more pastel, so I—I mean, I've, a lot of times I've had to. If I've done a background color and then changed my mind, not not like I've gone over with a different color. Obviously, yep. it it's not that's not great. I try and avoid it, but
0: yeah, quite <laughs> in that way. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's just I was curious. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder if you yeah. can uh, and I'll, I'll be the one to ask the question. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs>
1: yeah you can make mistakes with them that's um a benefit for me because i don't like the pressure of having to do something right the first time i think i do with the polychromo pencils
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i think that's that's certainly one of the nice things about when you work digitally like on an ipad or something is oh it's much easier to erase a mistake
1: (laughs) definitely yeah
0: (laughs) Oh, so do you have like favorite brands um whether that be for pencil, the pencils themselves or the paper or like is do you find yourself drawn to one or two particular brands constantly or do you you know do you use different brands just depending on on you know whatever the however they are easy to access or like what's what's that sort of process like for you?
1: Um, yeah, I definitely um, stick to a few brands. I think when I started using pastels, I just got um, a set of Derwent pastel pencils. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got such a, a good range of colours. Um, I always buy those. Um, but more recently, I, I, I do like the Carbofello pastel pencils at mm-hmm. um So um, I mainly use those two, but I have tried... Fabricastel pit pastels which oh, yeah. um they they good the pigment is good um and there's a good range of colors um but i've only got a couple but i think i'll i'll buy some more of those as well but the mm-hmm. um you get the best sort of point on uh, you can sharpen the carbocellers, um to like the best point really so i use i'll use those to like to finish off with the finer details yeah, um, but then for the actual pastels, I I've got um, a lot of Unison colour pastels, which are handmade soft pastels. Um, the pigment is really good on those ones, um, and then I've got a, a few other brands, but um, to be honest, I prefer the Unison. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm sure something being handmade is quite often. A whole unique, different feel to a more mass-produced, mass-produced uh, supply. That's for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Um, sometimes yeah. the other ones are just a bit too hard.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I don't know if that's. I'm assuming that's from the way that they're
0: made, but yeah. And and what about the surface, like your paper you're using? Is it? Um, are there different types of paper that's suitable for pastel pencils?
1: Uh, yeah, there's a couple of brands that do pastel paper um, I have always used the Clairefontaine pastel mat which I think mm-hmm. a lot of pastel artists use um, I think the fabric do um a paper but it's a much smoother surface and I do rely on building the layers so I've not actually used that one I think it would be too smooth for me but um mm-hmm. maybe I should give it a go I don't know if it would be quicker that way but yeah, there's, there's a couple of, of brands, but I do prefer the pass on that. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't
0: know if it's a – like, is it – how long does it take you? Like, let's say – I don't know. Let's say I say to you, okay, uh, Hannah, I would like to commission you to do me a portrait of my dog. What? How long does that take you? Like, is that a is that a month? Is that a week? how like is there isn't there is there even an average for that kind of thing or is it it takes as long as it takes
1: (laughs) Um, yeah I sort of give myself um like I'll block out a week in the diary to do it just so that I don't have a pressure on myself to Mm -hmm. um, rush it because I would hate to rush anything um but most of the time within that week I'll, I'll do sort of my own um work as well so I'd say maybe around two or three days to do a commission um, mm-hmm. but it, it depends on the size and also it depends on the picture that I'm working from um it does really make a difference if someone sends a good reference picture yeah. I sometimes yeah. I get a mental block when I've got a, a difficult picture to work from and it takes me so much longer <laughs> um but also it, it depends on if it's um a full body portrait or just a head portrait and whether Mm -hmm. if the dog's uh, got like really curly fur, fur, it just seems to take forever to get the curls um, (laughs) (laughs) for some reason.
0: (laughs) Probably like styling curly hair, I I imagine. I don't have it. I imagine it takes a lot longer to deal with than just straight hair.
1: (laughs) It's hard to concentrate on all the curls. You need to
0: take breaks and things like that. So. Do you have a favourite size to work in? Like, you know, are we talking A3? Are we talking large, small? Is there a preference?
1: Yeah, I normally recommend um, 16 by 12 approximately mm-hmm. for portraits just because I think that's a good size um, to get all the detail. And sometimes I think if um, if it, my prices are actually cheaper for a small portrait but i think sometimes it ends up taking longer because it's it's difficult to to get all the detail in um yeah so yeah i prefer i prefer a little bit bigger um but any bigger than that and it it starts getting more time consuming
0: yes of course do you have a favorite animal to actually draw um i I love cows for some
1: reason. I don't know if that's because, <laughs> I don't know why it is, but there's a lot of cows that live around on a field just just near me. So I, I, there's something about cows that I love. Um, but I'm definitely enjoying um, all the stripes and, and patterned fur that I'm drawing at the minute. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely want to draw another tiger and another lion i think i'll do yeah. a few more of um but now i've sort of got into a a stripe series i think so i'll be uh or patterns i'll be in giraffes and more leopards and things i think
0: nice yeah like i like i like the sound of that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think i'm obsessed with the uh, pattern for at the
1: minute yeah
0: probably i think it's like anything like once you you start working on a different a slightly different technique to usual and then you suddenly see yeah yeah, you see the possibilities of all of these different kinds of animals and their their stripes and their splotches and and you kind of end up i think you kind of end up wanting to do it all (laughs) in some way
1: (laughs) i've got those two main things on my list that i want to do at the minute i just don't know which ones to do first
0: and then, and then after, I don't know, twelve months, two years, you'll suddenly be well and truly over that, and be looking for something completely different. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I think that's what yeah, we do. Probably stop drawing together. So, if, let us say, <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> just completely, you'll find something. I don't know. You might move to scales on fishes. We might yeah. that might be your next thing in two years. Fish. You might be drawing fish portraits. You never know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let's let's say a listener is um, has gotten this far in and has decided, you know what, I'm going to go and buy myself a set of pastel pencils and some paper, and I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to try my hand at pastel pencil drawing. What? would you suggest what tips tricks anything like that could you offer somebody and perhaps also thinking along the lines of you know also while we're thinking about that of actually drawing pets you know I guess start with your own pet is generally a good idea but or or wildlife in general like what what sort of insights could you offer someone who wants to have a go at this
1: um, I think it comes down to practice really but um, that's an obvious thing to say um, when I started pastor I think the most helpful thing for me was watching somebody else do it and I know there's a lot of online tutorials and even on Instagram there's a lot of videos showing how how to work and I think the main thing that you would take from it is that you do have to be patient and for, to begin with it looks like you're not really getting anywhere but you've just got to sort of get as many colours down as you can to give Mm -hmm. it that uh, depth um and interest um I think at first I maybe rushed in I was pressing too hard with pastel and wasn't able to build up the layers and it was just looking a bit flat so I think definitely just having the patience to Maybe just try drawing eyes or try drawing a, a section of fur rather than doing the whole animal. Um, mm-hmm. I did a lot of that to begin with just to um, sort of um, refine it a bit more and, and improve. Um, so, yeah, I'd say have a look on Instagram and YouTube for tutorials just to well, – there's a lot of time left ones, so they don't take too long to watch. Um <laughs> Yeah, just have a look at those and, and see how it's done. I think I will definitely get the right materials. Um, I don't think I've tried pastel on on other types of paper that, and it just doesn't work on on those papers.
0: Yeah, actually, I've just you've just sparked another train of thought, which so often happens when when you are working with your oil paints. Are you creating wildlife and pet portraits there too, or are you doing something completely different when you're working with oils?
1: Um, yeah, I normally paint um, when I do um, uh, figurative work, um, or I, I, I attended uh, life drawing classes. I've not done it this year, obviously, with the circumstances. But mm-hmm. if I go to a life drawing class, I'll add up to paint. Um, yeah. But I. I do paint wildlife as well, but I'd say my wildlife paintings are a bit more. They're there are sort of different styles to my pastel work. the The they're a bit looser, and um, I use a sort of different palette really. So I've not. Sh- that's why I've not sort of shared it on my social media because it is quite different to my pastel work and I don't want to sort of you know I have too much variety in my work <laughs> sometimes I just like to get something done quickly um yeah or like sort of work out compositions and things like that or just you know as a bit of fun for an mm-hmm. hour and it breaks up breaks up the uh the pastel work because yeah. it's the concentration that you need
0: and do you find in some ways it kind of um sparks your creativity again like you know if you spend whether it is only an hour or you know 2 or 3 hours with the with the oil do you then find it it reinvigorates your that creative spark for for the um pastels does that does that happen at all do you know do you find it feed they feed each other yeah i think they do i think i enjoy
1: working quickly with pink sometimes with pastel it's it's hard to sort of experiment when it when they take so long. So mm-hmm. I use the painting as an opportunity to um, you know, try try out new things and and I think that will inevitably feed back into my pastel work.
0: Um Yeah. yeah. Which which I guess that also would link back to you you mentioning about um your printmaking as well I guess that that would do the same sort of thing I suspect kind of feed that creative you know desire that that sort of thing and gives you a whole nother layer a whole nother level of where your mind where your brain is working so to speak it's still working artistically but it's just a whole different medium
1: yeah definitely um I I I like especially with the um the pattern patterns of the fur that I, I mentioned earlier I think that lends really well to printmaking and sort of repeating yeah. Yeah. so uh, that's been interesting and I think yeah I'll definitely explore that a bit more in the next few weeks or so
0: so actually if you don't mind what what sort of printmaking are we talking about like what what because I know there are you know the different sorts of printmaking what what exactly is it that you know how were you how do you make your prints let's put it that way um so at the minute um my studio is not too big and I don't
1: have um uh, a printmaking room unfortunately so um I just do lino cuts at home mm-hmm. but uh, at university I really enjoyed uh silkscreen printing and, and monoprinting and yeah. um, I've done acid etching and things like that so yeah, I'd love to get back into um, sort of the other types of printing. I think screen printing would be really interesting to sort of um, yeah. combine or feed into to my other work. But at the minute, it's just uh, liner cut because it's so easy and quite cheap, really to do.
0: Yeah, and and certainly you're right. I think that the idea of using the um, you know, the zebra stripes or the leopard spots any you know, that would certainly lend itself beautifully to, to printmaking. I can gosh, I can imagine I can imagine everything from wallpaper in yeah. zebra stripes to, you know, giraffe stripes on, on a silk scarf or <laughs> you can sort of yeah. in, in, lend that those patterns lend themselves to so many things. Exactly, yeah.
1: And I've recently looked into... I've done a little bit before of um, making my, uh, printing my work onto, um, like, different accessories. Like, um, I've done coasters and mugs and things like that, which mm-hmm. is just a bit of a hobby, really, for me to do on the side. I think it's quite nice to see. But, um, yeah, I've been looking into, like, tea towels and things like that, and I think the... Animal prints will really come
0: in well there mm
1: mm-hmm. yep,
0: uh, a whole line of fashion <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah I like it I like that I like that idea we shall we shall keep our eye on the socials and see see what yeah. happens <laughs> in six months' time. you never know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, the, look. Where would? What's the process like? Let's say, for example, someone does want to commission you to to create a portrait, or you know, they might just say, "Look, Hannah, I absolutely love uh, uh, lions. I would love for you to paint, uh, for you know, for you to create me a, a piece." you know a piece of art of one what what's sort of the process they what does people do do they reach out to you via email or you know dm on social media and then sort of what just take them through that process because there might very well be people listening who would love to know the answer to those questions but might not have ever considered reaching out and asking so again i'll do it on behalf of everybody (laughs) like what what's the process involved generally
1: uh, so mainly, people will um, either email me through the link on my website or
0: mm-hmm.
1: message me on Instagram, and I'll just sort of ask uh, what their ideas are. And uh, most of the time, it's um, a pet portrait, so it's quite simple. They'll mm-hmm. send over pictures, um, and we'll discuss the best one. Sometimes it's a case of using. Um, you know the composition from one but just um the likeness from another or the mm-hmm. you know the quality of the picture is quite important in in the um commission I've had some difficult reference pictures to work from and it just it's so hard to make a good drawing when you can't really see what the dog looks like um, yeah. I'm sure you can imagine yes um, <laughs> It's just about getting the the best picture, really, and then they'll say what size they're wanting, and then yeah, I'll just um, sort of give a date roughly of when I think it'll be done. For a lot of the time, people want it for a special occasion, for a birthday mm. or something. Um, but yeah, if it's um, sometimes people email with me, email me with ideas that they have for something else so I'll maybe send them back my ideas or like a sketch of composition that I'm thinking of and we'll go from there really
0: and then it's a case of waiting patiently for the postage the post the mail to the uh, mm. postman I imagine you would send your commissions worldwide yes that's that's is um everyone basically yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: it's just uh, a case of uh, a bit extra postage um i think yes. the prices have just gone up actually so it's quite expensive to ship mm-hmm. sometimes but
0: um they've gone up everywhere i think
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you can't
0: really escape it so nope if someone well i i look i look forward to hearing so perhaps some a listener might uh reach out and get you to commission something and then they might, when they receive it, they might uh, tag us on their their Instagram post to say, hey, here is my my creation that Hannah did and um, I'd love, actually I'd love to see that if someone does. That would be amazing. Yeah, that would be great. Well, thank you, Hannah, so much for taking time out of your day to join us here. I thoroughly enjoyed this uh, chat um where where is the best place for people to find you online um so instagram is probably the
1: best place at the minute Mm -hmm. my website's just um under maintenance um so it's there (laughs) but it's uh it's not as as polished as i would like it to be um but hopefully in the next couple of weeks that will be good to go
0: lovely yeah, well, we, we will have uh, links in the show notes because it just makes life easy for everybody. So people will be able to link. I'll click the link uh, to find you on, on the Instagram and your website will be there as well. And um, that's generally the, the easiest thing for people. Um, yes, yeah, so thank you, Hannah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this chat. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, me
1: too.